Hey guys, welcome back, or welcome for the first time, if this is your first time here. My name is Melissa. I am your host, but really, I'm not hosting, I'm just kind of talking. <laughs> so, welcome, I'm going to talk, you can listen, hopefully you like what I'm saying. Um, I have been wanting to record an episode for the past few days, but I'm... <laughs> having a hard time talking lately. I don't know what's happening, but it seems like my thoughts feel a little bit jumbled and I'm just having a hard time getting things out in like a succinct way. Um, so hopefully this episode goes okay, <laughs> but I really wanted to talk about this, uh, thing today that affects my life and maybe it affects yours too, but, um, all of my sort of strange issues and proclivities around food and eating. Um, there are some things that I'm going to talk about that I'm sure have to do with autism. Some of these things probably have to do with OCD, and some might have to do with emetophobia, which is the actual fear of becoming sick or vomiting, uh, which I did not realize was a diagnosable condition until recently when I saw someone talking about it online and I realized that I related a lot to that person and what they were saying. And I have had, um, a pretty good, uh, decent sized fear of throwing up since I was young. Um, I think mine presents in, in a little bit less severe way. I think some people with emetophobia um, can't even like talk about um, anything related to throwing up. They can't be around people. But like I've been a mom for a long time. Um, and when you have kids, I mean, I've kind of had to get over that fear of other people throwing up. And I worked in the healthcare field as a nurse and as an EMT. And people just, they're going to throw up. And so I feel like that kind of helped me get over that part of it. But I still, like, if anyone in my household or someone who I've been around mentions that they got sick, like, after I've hung out with them. I know I hung out with a friend um, a few weeks ago, and then she was like, oh my gosh, I think I got food poisoning. Like, a couple days later, she was like, I think I got food poisoning and in my, I just got so worried because I was like, oh my gosh, I just saw her a couple days ago. What if it's not food poisoning? What if it's something contagious? What if it's like the stomach flu? What if I end up getting it? And I was like going through in my mind, like trying to figure out like how close we got to each other because we're both vaccinated and like, we're not really too worried about being around each other. And I don't know. I just got all freaked out about it. So anyway, there's a metaphobia, but oh my gosh, feeling sick and throwing up is the most anxiety inducing sensory nightmare. It's just like horrible. It's horrid, horrid, horrid. Hate, hate, hate. There's nothing worse. Anyway, so I have a lot of things surrounding food. We can call them issues if we want. Sure, let's do that. Um, <laughs> issues or I guess quirks. Some of them are just strange quirks. And so I wonder if any of you can relate to some of these because some of them are kind of weird. Um, but some of them I feel like I, I've heard other people have. So, uh, the first thing is that I really can't eat two things back to back that don't go together. 
because, okay, so let me think of a good example of this one. I guess like yesterday I had a sandwich for lunch and when I was making my sandwich, um, my partner offered me a piece of their pizza. They were like, do you want this? Do you want a piece of my pizza? And I was like, "Mm, no, like I can't eat pizza. I'm about to have a sandwich. Like those two things, like you just, you don't eat a pizza and a sandwich together. Like that's not a combo (laughs) that goes, you know, if it was like, if I was having a salad and they said, would you like a piece of my pizza? I would have been able to eat the pizza because pizza and salad go together. Like in my mind, I don't know if this is a thing that anybody else agrees with, but in my mind, pizza and salad, like you can eat a salad with anything, right? I mean, pretty much. And, uh, it's not weird, but I can't eat a sandwich and pizza. Like that's really weird. Or, um, also for instance, uh, recently I had a bowl of cereal, like in the middle of the afternoon, because sometimes you just got to do that. And, I was still kind of hungry afterwards, but I couldn't figure out anything that would go with the cereal, um, in my stomach. (laughs) Cause it's like, I can't, I don't know. I was like looking in the cabinet and there was like Doritos, not Doritos, but these like fake, um, I don't know why I just said Doritos. I haven't had Doritos in my house in forever. Um, they're like the talky chips, but they're from Trader Joe's. We call them fake Takis or fakies in our house. Um, so it's like a spicy tortilla chip sort of situation. And I was like, those sounded okay, but I was like, no, like that won't match with the cereal that's in my stomach. Like, even though it sounded good, it was like, no, that that's going to be weird and sitting in my stomach with cereal. It's just, you know, like those two things don't go together. It, it's weird. I know I'm confessing all of my deepest, darkest secrets right now. And that leads me to the next thing is that I can't eat two sweet things in a row, even if it's like hours apart. Usually. I mean, sometimes I can skirt around this rule, but like if the last thing I ate was sweet, um, you know, like ice cream, a donut, fruit, cereal, even anything sweet, my next thing that I eat has to be savory or salty. I can't eat something else. Like if I had a donut, which I don't really like donuts that much, but okay, that's beside the point. If I had a donut and like two hours later I was hungry again, I wouldn't be able to eat a bowl of cereal or like a fruit, like a piece of fruit. Just because I'm like the last thing I ate was sweet. So that's another one. Um, I, this one, I know other people have, I do not want my food to touch the food that's on my plate needs to not touch. And Oh Lord, it does not need to mix together, please. Um, at least not without my permission. So what I mean by that is there are some foods that are okay if they mix together because they taste good together. Like, um, Ooh, let me think of an example of this because there aren't very many. Most of the time I'm like, no, I do not want my foods to touch. Um, oh gosh, what would be a, like, um, oh, okay. On Thanksgiving, if I have like 
a biscuit on my plate and I have mashed potatoes and gravy on my plate, those things can touch because I don't mind if like a little bit of potato and gravy gets on my biscuit. That's actually kind of good. Um, so those kinds of things are okay. Um, but, but for the most part, I need my food to stay separate and I feel like they should make for adults those plates that they make for kids. That's like a plate, but it has separate little um, areas on the plate that are like separated by a little tiny wall. And so your food's, why do they make that for children and not for adults? I don't understand. Like if you don't want your food mixing as a kid, maybe you never grew out of that and adults can have that too. I don't get why kids only have the privilege of special food separating plates. Maybe there are these for adults and I just haven't seen them. Maybe I just need to buy one that's for a kid and use it for myself and not care what anyone thinks about me. And I'll just bring it with me everywhere. So there's that. Um, I have another weird thing about expiration dates. I am very, very, and this is maybe related to the emetophobia and not wanting to get sick. Um, I am very strict about expiration dates. I look at the date on everything before I eat it. Um, if it's even like, if it has like an expiration date and it's that same date that I want to eat it, like say the expiration date is today and I want to eat that thing today, I still won't eat it. I'm like, oh, it expired today. It's, I guess like maybe at midnight, the clock hit midnight of today and this item is no longer good for me to eat. So if there can be half a container of something left and I'll throw it out and my partner, oh, for the love of God, they don't seem to mind. They're like, eh, it's fine. They'll like smell it and be like, it seems okay. Like even if it's a week past and I'm like, aren't you afraid? And they're like, no. And I'm like, you're so brave. So expiration dates, very, very important. Uh, also, okay. So another one that I have is I eat a lot of the same foods all the time. And I have heard now recently that this is very much an autistic thing. Uh, and I've always done this where I'll get onto a food that I like and I will eat it for a very long amount of time. And I even sometimes, this is mostly for breakfast, I'll have like a very, um, distinct routine that goes along with making the food too. Um, but same foods. And if I don't have a same food chosen for a particular meal, so like breakfast, I always have a same food. Like breakfast is, I think my favorite meal of the day. I just like when you wake up and you're hungry and breakfast foods are delicious and it's your first meal of the day. And I don't know, I just, I really like breakfast and I always seem to have a same food for breakfast for a long, long time. It was cereal, particularly grape nuts. I know I'm, most people are like, <laughs> laugh at me when I say grape nuts were my favorite cereal, but they're good you guys. And if you put some frozen blueberries on them and a little bit of honey before I was vegan, I would put a little bit of honey on them. And, uh, Oh, Sorry, hang on. I need to wipe my nose. My allergies are going kind of crazy this week. I'm in California and sorry, 
keeping it real, you guys. Uh, I'm in California and we're having some wildfires here right now. And whenever that happens here, we like live in the valley. And so all of the wildfire smoke just sort of like accumulates in our town, in our city. And, um, and it makes my allergies go insane. So I'm sorry if I sound like sniffly or stuffy or weird. Um, anyway, and my nose is super itchy. Ah. Um, so I'll have same foods chosen for uh, breakfast and lunch. Usually dinner is more flexible. That's usually like a family meal time and like whatever. And but although even though I say we change it up for dinner, we usually cha- rotate it between the same like four things all the time. But either way. Um, but if I don't have a same food chosen, like right now I'm in between same foods for lunch. Like I got burned out on what I was having for lunch and I haven't really chosen a new thing that I'm excited about. Um, and because of that, lunch is really hard for me right now. Like I don't really get excited for lunch. I stand in front of the fridge and then I go stand in front of the pantry and then I go back to the fridge and then I go back to the pantry, just trying to decide what I should eat and it makes me want to give up on eating altogether and sometimes I do and I'll just have like a snack um but it's like paralyzing I have such a hard time and I can't wait until I find my next lunchtime same food and I can just plan on having that every day and I don't have to think about it or worry about it at all um so that is definitely a thing um okay so another thing that is weird about me and food. I cannot do buffets and I cannot do potlucks. Buffets are a, are a little bit easier um but there are rules. So usually I will only you know how they have like the sneeze guard on a buffet. It's like the weird piece of glass that covers over top of the food. Um I appreciate that they put that there. Don't get me wrong. But there are people going through the buffet line that are shorter than the sneeze guard, particularly children who I see uh, reaching in and trying to grab all of the things. And that makes me cringe incredibly hard and want to run out the door when I see that happening at a buffet. So buffets, though can be okay as long as I'm eating something from the back row of the buffet because I know if it's in the back um it's most likely not been breathed on by anyone who's shorter than the sneeze guard it's not been touched by any little hands that have reached up and um a lot of people haven't reached over I always think like if someone's reaching over my food all the time to like if they're reaching over the front row to get to the back row. I don't like that. I feel like their arm hairs are going to like fall off into the food or something. I know that this is a weird, irrational thing for me to be afraid of and think about, but I do and I can't help it. And my brain just does that. And I'm sorry, but I'm not sorry. Um, so that's the rule with buffets is I usually just try and eat things from the back row and only if it looks like it's just got set out or it's fresh. Like if it's, if a tray of something's half gone, I'm like, nah, I'm not going to have that. If it's like full and it looks like it's steamy and hot, I'll grab a little bit of that. Salad bars are scary. I'm not sure who washed the fruits or vegetables. How well did they wash them? I don't like it. 
I like to handle my own fruits and veggies. Potlucks, though, absolutely not. I cannot do a potluck. I do not know what that person who cooked that food, I don't know what their kitchen looks like. I don't know if they washed their hands. Do they have a cat? Does their cat walk on the countertop and then they made the food on the same countertop where the cat's kitty litter feet just walked all over? Um, I don't know if this person licked the spoon and then put it back in the bowl when they were making the, like, who knows what the fuck people are, excuse my language, what the hell, what the heck people are doing when they're making food privately in their home. No one's going to say that you licked that spoon. I can't do it. You guys, we used to have potlucks at work all the time and it would astonish me how excited people would get about eating the food that other people brought that they had cooked in their home. And I'm like, ugh, I can't. I absolutely can't. It's horrifying to me. And yes, sometimes people bring food for potlucks that is store-bought. And I also kind of can't with that because, especially, say if it's something like macaroni salad or something like back before I was vegan, I could eat more things that people brought. But um, did they accidentally like leave it sitting out at their house for too long? Did they forget to put it in the fridge after they went to the grocery store? Did they, you know, like all of the things that I think is going to happen to food. I'm afraid it happened. I'm afraid something happened to that food and I'm going to eat it. And I'm going to regret eating it because I'm going to get sick from eating it. And so I just avoid the whole thing altogether. Um, also about potlucks, sometimes people leave those foods sitting out all day, especially at like a work type of situation where people bring it in in the morning and then it just sits all day, all day. And people have been picking at it and breathing on it and, oh God, even talking about this gives me anxiety. Potlucks, you guys can't. Um, okay. Another thing about food that sort of is the same as a buffet but it's similar, but not exactly is restaurants where they make your food on an assembly line. So like Chipotle situation or a subway situation where they're making your food and they're talking to you as they're making your food, right? This was one thing about COVID that I really appreciated because everyone had to wear masks and I felt so free to eat at Chipotle because the person making my burrito was not getting their talk spittle all over my burrito as they're making it by being like, you know, asking me what kind of salsa I want and stuff. Like people, spittle comes out of people's mouths. Microscopic little spittles, they come out, guys, when people are talking. And it's spraying all over my burrito as you're making it. And I just can't get past that. Um, so that's a thing. Um... I have a hard time eating food that someone else has prepared. This goes down, this goes like back to the buffet thing. Um, I mean, not buffet, the potluck type of thing. Like, but even if I'm there, so like if we're going somewhere and we know we're going to be eating at that place, like that person's home and they're making the meal, uh, I have a hard time with that, but also I find that I cannot, I have a a harder time if I have to watch them make the food. Like if I have to be in the kitchen area where I'm seeing what's happening because I will analyze everything they're doing and trying to see if they're like, uh, 
because some people do weird things when they're cooking, you guys. They'll, like, scratch their head with, like, their fingernails, and then they'll just go back to making the food. And I'm like, ew, I don't want your dirty scalp oils in my food. Mm-mm. Why don't you wash your hands after you touch anything except the food? You gotta do that. Um, okay. So, <laughs> moving on. Another thing that I really don't like is sharing my food. <laughs> this makes me feel very selfish sometimes, but I do not care. Because if I, if I prepare myself a plate of food, I have carefully weighed, not like literally, but I've like weighed the decision in my mind of exactly how much food I want on my plate, how many bites I want of each thing. I know how much food it will take me to be full. I try not to take too little. I try not to take too much. There's a very, it's very precise. Um, and I don't like when someone takes a thing off my plate or asks me for a bite I just don't like it unless it's a situation where you're going into the meal expecting to share. Like that's a thing I can do. Like if you're at a restaurant and you're like, let's split this thing. And they're like, okay, then you can split it or share whatever. Um, but no, I don't want to share my food. And then there's also the thing of like, some of my foods are favorites. Like I have, a gigantic protein pancake every morning for breakfast. And I don't want to give up any bites of that. I love every single bite. I want the first bite. I want the last bite. I want all the bites in between. I don't want to give up any bites. My fiance stopped asking me for bites because every time I would get very sad. And now they just understand that they can't have a bite of my pancake. I'm sorry. It's one of the things that people who live with me who are in my life just have to deal with is that I don't share food unless it's previously agreed upon arrangement. But if it is a previously agreed upon arrangement, you have to know that I am not going to eat off the same plate as someone else or off the same silverware as someone else or drink off the same glass as someone else. That's never, ever, ever, ever happening. With my partner, it can happen. With previous partners, I still haven't done that. My part, my current partner is the first one. This is how I knew they were the one, you guys, because one day we were sitting there and they just picked up my water and drank off of it. And then I didn't really care that much. And usually that's a thing that would be like horrifying to me. Um, so I will share, uh, some things with my partner that way, like using the same, I try not to though. I just, I don't like it. Um, if I, if I can avoid it, I will. Um, so I don't want to eat off the same plate or definitely not off the same silverware as someone else. Ew. Some friends do that. I see that happening and they're like, do you want a bite? And then they just like use the friend's fork. And then the friend just goes back to using their fork. Like nothing ever happened. (sighs) This episode is giving me anxiety. You guys are talking about all of this stuff. I guess food is like a big, (laughs) it is a big trigger for me. Um, so (sighs) there are a couple more like small things. Like I don't like eating 
if there's a fan blowing on me. This sounds really strange, but I hate, or like a fan or an AC or even like wind. I just don't like it. I don't like the air moving around me. I don't really like fans and air on me anyway. I think that might be a sensory thing unless I'm really hot then I will stand in front of a fan. But if I'm like indoors, I generally don't like wind or breezes blowing on me. Um, uh, but especially when I'm eating, I don't know. I have no idea why this is a thing. It just makes me really uncomfortable. Um, I don't like when people talk close to my food. This is the same as going back to like the Chipotle, uh, subway situation where, um, all I can think about is the spittle that's coming out of people's mouths and landing on my food. And this makes family dinners awful occasions where you have to like go to a family dinner and like everyone's sitting around the table. And I usually just really try and sit next to my partner. And then I just, <laughs> it's so hard. It's so hard. Does anyone else have this? it's a difficulty. I, so I have to pre-plan where I'm sitting. Like in my mind, I'll be like, okay, maybe I can sit on the corner of the table. So I only have one person like on my right and it'll make, I'll make it my partner. Cause I care less about my partner's spittle getting on my food than anyone else's. Right. But what if it's a round table or what if it's like an oval table where the person, there's no like corner, you know what I mean? It's just, it's very concerning. These are all things that I think about constantly when I'm at parties or dinners or whatever and I have to act like I'm not worried about it because no one would understand you know what I mean um this isn't something that you can talk about openly at a dinner gathering be like eh, excuse me I need to sit on the corner of the table because I'm worried about people's spittle like you just can't say that out loud and so <laughs> these are all things that are going on in my brain chronically that I just can't express. Uh, and it's very stressful and this is why I just like to stay home. Uh, a couple more. I don't ever like to leave my food unattended. If I'm in a restaurant with my partner, I can trust that they're going to watch it. Nothing's going to happen to my food. Um, but if it's just like a group of people, I don't know. I don't think they're going to do something to my food. I just don't like to leave my food unattended. I also don't know the reason behind that one. It just, it makes me uncomfortable. So if I have to like use the restroom, I try and do it before my food comes or after I'm done eating. I try not to go like during the meal or I get up to do anything during the meal because I don't like to leave my food unattended. Uh, and the last one I'll talk about is Okay, this one was a lot worse when I was younger. I feel like in the last few years, I've been sort of getting around this one. Uh, but I can't eat food or I have a hard time eating food that has mismatched textures. So for instance, um, like I, uh, like I said, recently I've gotten better about this, but for the longest time... I could not eat crunchy peanut butter because I use peanut butter to make peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and a peanut butter and jelly sandwiches is, is not supposed to be uh, crunchy. It's just not. It's supposed to be soft and like 
chewy, (laughs) not crunchy. So like when there was something crunchy in my peanut butter and jelly sandwich, that's hard for me. Um, also when people put nuts in baked goods, I don't understand that. I still don't get that to this day. Like if you make a delicious loaf of zucchini bread, but then you put a bunch of crunchy ass walnuts in there. Why are you doing that? Same with brownies. Why? Why do people put nuts in brownies? Nuts do not belong in baked goods. Stop it. Again, as I've gotten older, I can get around these things. I will eat a brownie with nuts in it, although I would much prefer the brownie without nuts in it. So if I have a choice, I will choose the one without the nuts, but I'll still eat the brownie with nuts in it because brownies are delicious either way, but I'll probably try and pick some of the nuts out and then curse the person who put them in thinking it was a good idea. So those are my food things. I might have even more. I have a lot of weird, weird things surrounding food. Again, not 100% sure why many of these things exist. Could have to do with autism, could have to do with OCD, could have to do with my fear of getting sick. Probably a lot of these things mixed together in my brain, making food situations difficult for me. Um, I should, I want to, I want to share a story that's kind of embarrassing, but it has to do with food and my weird proclivities around food and me trying to make a new friend and scaring her off because I was too weird. So I, I think I will just tell the story because it's kind of, it's funny in a weird way. Um, okay. So at the beginning of quarantine, I decided that I wanted to start doing a lot more hiking because there was nothing else to do. And I like hiking and I like nature. And I was like, perfect. Um, No one's working. Like, I'm not working. I'm not doing anything. Uh, I guess I'll just get outside and and hike. So uh, the downside is my partner does not enjoy hiking. And so I was like, okay, I'm either going to hike by myself or I can like try and find a hiking buddy. So I got it in my mind that I was going to make a new hiking friend. And there was this girl who, um, who I knew she used to be a member at our gym because my partner and I owned a gym before uh, quarantine. We had to close down. Uh, so she was a member there and we also had mutual friends. So I had like seen her and out in some social settings and stuff before a few times. And so like, she wasn't a stranger, but we had never like hung out together one-on-one. And I was like, all right. And this is before I knew about autism. This is when I was still trying to force myself all the, the time to like make new friends and be outgoing. Um, even though it's way, way, way outside of my comfort zone. So anyway, I reached out to her and I was like, Hey, you like hiking? I like hiking. Let's go hiking. And she was like, okay, that sounds awesome. When do you want to go? And I was like, yeah, let's go in a couple days. Like, let's go day after tomorrow. And we figured out where we were going to hike. And, um, then she said a thing that made me get much less excited about the hiking. She said that she was going to bring some food for us to eat when we got to the top of this mountain that we were hiking up. It was like a six mile hike. So like three, three miles in, three miles out. And I was like, crap. 
I, as I explained a moment ago, I can't eat food that's prepared by others. I just can't. And so I was like, shit, what do I say to this text? Cause she was like, cool, I'll bring food. We can have like a cool, like a picnic at the top. And I was like, okay, you know what? I'm just going to be authentic because I, at that point, uh, was starting to get real tired of always like hiding the things about myself that I found embarrassing. So I decided to just start being honest and open with people. And so I told her, I texted back and I was like, that is so sweet of you to offer to bring food. However, I have this weird thing where I really have a hard time eating food that other people have prepared. I don't know if I'm scared of germs or what it is, but, um, you know, so maybe food's not the best idea. And so she texted back and was like, oh my gosh, that's totally fine. Like I, I get it just to let you know, the food I was going to bring is like prepackaged. It's like dehydrated. It's you take it on hikes and you just add water, you add boiling water and it like rehydrates and you eat it, which for one, <laughs> I didn't know what it was going to be. I, <laughs> there's just a lot that was wrong with what she was trying to do in my mind. She was nothing against her, like a person with a regular brain whatever that means, but you know, like a person without all of these things that I have surrounding food would have just been like, oh my gosh, awesome. Picnic at the top. That sounds fun. See you when we're hiking. And that would have been the end of it. But me, no, no, I can't, can't do that. So I proceeded to tell her my weirdness. She informed me that it was totally fine. She understood, but the food was prepackaged. So it's fine. And I'm like, is it though? (laughs) No, it's not really because now I'm worried about well, how are we going to boil water? And I asked her, how are we going to boil water? And she's like, oh, well, I have this cool little water, uh, boiler thing. And I was like, oh, and then I was worried about that. I was worried about where the water was going to come from. I was worried about when was the last time this thing got washed? What are we going to eat with? Are we going to have plates, utensils? Whose utensils are they? Are they silverware? Are they plastic? Where did they come from? When were they washed last? All of these questions, you guys, I just couldn't, it, uh, it threw me totally off the rails. (laughs) I was no longer excited about the hiking because this huge issue came up that (sighs) stressed me out. And she was like, you know what? It's going to be fine. I'll bring the food. You can, you can eat it. If you decide you don't want to eat it, I'm not going to be offended. Like I'll bring a couple protein bars too. And like, we can just, it's whatever. It's fine. It's no, no pressure, no big deal. And I was like, okay. And I was like, you know what? You're awesome. Thank you for being so understanding. And I felt really good about the exchange. I was like, you know what? I'm really proud of myself. I was open. I was honest. I, you know, I, it was vulnerable, sure. And I was afraid of being seen as weird, but she was so cool about it. Well, hiking day comes and we're supposed to meet at like, she was going to come meet me at my house at like nine and then we're going to drive up together. Uh, and at like seven 30 in the morning, she texts me and she's like, Oh, Hey, I'm really sorry, but I have to cancel our hiking trip. And I was like, Oh no, is everything okay? And she's like, Oh yeah, um, my cat has worms and I have to take her to the vet. 
And I was like, oh, okay. And I was like, of course, in my mind, I could not help but think that she was probably canceling on me because she decided that she did not want to hike with someone so weird. (laughs) And I was like, well, okay, I'm so sorry your cat's sick. Like, um, why don't you text me back later and we'll figure out another day that we can go. And she's like, perfect. Yes, I'll totally do that. Well, guess what, you guys? She never did text me back to reschedule that hiking trip. (laughs) So I, to this day, I mean, I've seen her a couple of times since then, just in passing. Like I said, we have mutual friends and stuff and uh, nothing's ever been said about like, oh, hey, we still need to plan that hiking trip or reschedule or I'm so sorry I canceled or whatever. No, nothing's been brought up. She's never texted me again to hang out or do anything that wasn't even hiking related. And so, uh, yeah, I guess she said she could deal with the weirdness that is Melissa But apparently maybe she thought about it for 24 hours and was like, actually, no, this person might be a little too much for me. So, which is fine because you know what, you guys, authenticity is very important. And the older I get, the more I'm learning that. And the more that I, um, go into this journey of, learning about autism and learning about all the the things in my past that I've hidden and covered up and felt embarrassed about, um, about myself. Uh, it's caused me a lot of stress and a lot of pain and a lot of, um, self-hatred, you know, or, or like shame, uh, based around all of these things that I feel like aren't right or aren't acceptable. And, I don't like that I did that to myself for so long. And I'm really going to try and get more in the habit of, being open and honest, even if it makes me seem weird, even if it scares people away. If that girl was scared away by my stuff, I don't even want to call it issues because I feel like issues has a negative connotation to it, but like my quirks surrounding food, well, then she probably couldn't really deal with me as a whole person in real life on other occasions because I have a lot of quirks and I'm not going to be uh, hiding them anymore, running away from them or being ashamed of them. Uh, I need to be able to be who I am now in my life. And maybe people might perceive me as weird and the people that do aren't the right people for me. So anyway, that's my story about a failed friendship attempt and (laughs) how to this day, I I don't really know what happened, but I assume I just was a little too intense and had like 50,000 follow-up questions about something that should have been simple and uh, I probably scared her away, which is fine. So anyway, I appreciate you guys. I hope that some of you related to some of this food stuff. Uh, I think probably some people do. Yeah. Food is weird. I love food. I do. And I want to do another episode soon about um, my struggles with disordered eating and uh, how I've dealt with certain types of disordered eating patterns and things like that. 
uh, food is just a complicated issue for me, guys. I just, I don't know if everyone has this many issues surrounding food or if it's just me, but, uh, yeah, there's a lot there. So I would like to talk about my, my disordered eating and how a, a few years ago when I first got into fitness, I really went down a, an unhealthy path with food and, yeah, it got to be a whole thing, kind of obsession. Uh, and I'm still sort of working my way out of that. I've really, yeah, I really got on the wrong path. Um, and it's hard. It's hard to break a pattern like that once you're in it. But I will save that for another episode. I will try and record that one soon because I know um, a lot of people on the spectrum do have disordered eating patterns or a full-on eating disorder. And um, I think it's a thing that's important to talk about, even though it's vulnerable and all of this stuff I'm talking about is vulnerable, to be honest. This is like putting all of my all of my innermost struggles right out there in the open, which is hard, but it's also very liberating, and it feels good, and I'm glad you guys are listening, and I'm glad you're hopefully liking it, and yeah. So anyway, I'm rambling now, so that means it's the end, and I should probably let you go. And this episode, oh my goodness, it's been a little bit long. So uh, yeah, I'm going to go relax my voice box and not talk for a little while now because this was just 41 minutes and 14 seconds of talking. Okay. Thank you for listening. I'll talk to you next time. Bye.